0: Hi everybody, this is Wynn Claybaugh and welcome to this issue of Masters, uh, which we have been talking about doing literally for several years and the wonderful role that I have in the beauty industry, not being a hairdresser, I get to hang out with hairdressers and of course I go for the best of the best and I'm so grateful to have friends who have done incredible things with their career both inside and outside of the beauty industry and I always feel like the lessons that we learn from these incredible individuals in the beauty industry, translate into so many other industries, and I know that today is absolutely going to be that way with this wonderful interview with not just one, but with two incredible people. So first of all, I'm sitting here with Lainey Reeves and Annabelle Morales. So first of all, welcome to Masters. Well, thank you so much for having us. Lainey, it's you've funny. done this
1: before. Yes, i did. It was a long time ago, though, yeah? It was up. And it was in Long Beach it, as well.
0: It's probably 10 years ago.
1: More than that. Yeah has to be.
0: So, uh, Lainey, you and I go back a, a good uh, 20 plus years. Yeah, we do. Right? So, Annabelle, we met last night. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. No, no, no. 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 <laughs> <laughs> we met a few years
2: ago through Lainey, by the way. Yeah. And I will tell you, you must be so special that you actually got me all the way to Long Beach today, which I've not been here in about 20 years.
0: He lives in L.A., and he says he hasn't been here for <laughs> 20 years. At least. Yeah. you know, People in L.A. just think that... All of us who live south should come up there to meet you for dinner. You know, you can make your way south once in a while. A, I don't.
2: I tend not to go past Bloomingdale's or Barney's. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs>
0: okay, not south of that. Okay. Well, again, you guys, thank you so much for doing this and for making the drive down here to do this. I'll just share with our listeners a bit of information on who the two of you are. We'll start with Lainey. And obviously, I'm going to read some of this. Although this bio, your accomplishments, goes on and on. Lainey Reeves is an internationally renowned hairstylist whose highly sought-after talents frequently take her across the globe. Laney started her career in London at a very early age. How old were you?
1: I was 16. Oh, my. Yeah.
0: You can start that young yeah. over there.
1: Yeah, well, I left school at 16, which you're allowed to do. In England, it's not that I... You know, decided to, you know, You drop didn't kick it out. I didn't oh, yeah. fall out of school, get dropped out, kicked out, whatever you call it. You actually leave school in England at 16 if you would like to.
0: Because you have a chosen craft, yeah. so, a chosen yeah. career that so you're pursuing. So you can either
1: continue on to college and continue studying your English, math, whatever. I decided to change mine and go into hairdressing. Okay. So I was still studying, but I st- started studying hair at, at 16,
0: Uh, Eventually, after making a name for yourself working in top salons, you then became the worldwide creative director for Tony and Guy Hairdressing, uh, which eventually had you relocate to the U.S. Uh, You are currently based in Los Angeles, but you travel between California and Europe. Um, I'll just tell people right off the bat you are the the hairdresser for the Ellen show.
1: Mhm. For
0: everybody on Ellen or just Ellen?
1: No, I work solely with, with her, with Ellen.
0: And and that's a pretty much a full time job?
1: It takes up four days of my week. Okay. So but it's still for me it's really rewarding and I, and I'll tell you why to work with somebody of that status and she hasn't achieved her goals from being a you know, a lazy, lax type of person. Right. She definitely helps me stay on my toes. And I like that.
0: I like that too. People are always looking for mentors. I'm like, well, go to the gym at 6am. Yeah. You know, it's not filled with a bunch of losers. There are people there at the gym at 6am who have stuff going on. Yeah. So start there. Yeah. So the fact that you have this opportunity to work with somebody of that caliber. That
1: That is constantly growing, constantly looking to do things, constantly changing and, day by day and to be on that level and work on that level is really motivating
0: and you're not just doing that show the Ellen show she has a couple of other shows that you yeah, also are I mean, involved I mean, in she, she, what, didn't she just whatever, do a comedy tour
1: yeah we just did uh, Relatable it's called
0: isn't it already on Netflix yeah you
1: can see it on Netflix yeah And uh, so if you haven't seen anyone I highly recommend it because as much as it being hilarious, it's uh, empowering, right. uh, it's compassionate, and there's a lot of things to learn from it as well, about her and just life.
0: I just saw her interview on Netflix with David uh, Letterman. David Letterman. Yeah. That, was, that was incredible. Yeah.
1: Again, really empowering.
0: Oh, it was empowering because, well, they said it, that she revealed stuff or went deeper in that interview than she's ever done before, which was mm-hmm. pretty cool to see. Yeah. Yeah. You know.
1: I think what it is, is that she's done so well that making her be the happy girl mm-hmm. and, and, and she's truly a happy person and does good things that when you stop peeling back the layers and go a little bit deeper, it's learning about her and what made her, who she is, her experiences in life. It's good to hear that.
0: Well, we'll learn more about your experience with that. But Lainey's career has also involved working with distributors to train educators and platform work, retail classes, overall job performance for the beauty industry. From national and international trade shows, in-salon seminars, retail motivational classes to training manuals, videos, photo shoots, ad campaigns, movies, TV, magazines, and interviews, Lady is dedicated to collaboration in the development of hair products and building and maintaining a celebrity clientele. And speaking of celebrity clientele... Um, everybody from Amy Adams to Emily Blunt to Tom Cruise, Victoria Beckham, Toby mcguire It's a very, very long list. So much so, I think... I've
1: hung out with most of them throughout the years. I mean, obviously, I don't do that every day of the week, work with them, but that's basically me over a certain period of time. Right. You know?
0: So you're not hanging out with these people every day.
1: No, Tom and I don't rub shoulders all the time. Okay,
0: okay. In addition, you have had editorial with Cosmo Girl, L Esquire, Harper's Bazaar, People Magazine, Teen Vogue, Vanity Fair. I mean, a fraction of your career, a small fraction of your career is what most people dream of. Mm-hmm. And yet you're doing all of this and more.
1: Yeah. It just becomes the norm, really. Um, and that's, that just, it, it really becomes that, the norm? Yeah. It does become the norm. It is.
0: So what does it feel like? You just... Put your head down, you just work, 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 and all of a sudden you come up for air and somebody reads off your bio to you. Like, wow, okay, yeah, I guess I did do all of that. Is that how it feels? Is that how it works?
1: Yeah, actually, it really does. Listen, you have to put yourself in a situation. You have to um, surround yourself with people that are doing things and going in the direction that you want to go in. You know, I'm a believer in, if it's salon work that you want to do, then you... Put yourself in an environment where it's the best possible environment to learn and develop the skills and the tools to be the best you can in that environment.
0: Uh, I
1: chose to step away from the salon because it was hard for me to do both. And to step away, you know, there's a certain type of, you know, you have to go out, you know, this commitment there, you have to know that there's not always going to be money coming in when you need the money. You're doing a lot of jobs for free to get to know people, to get to know photographers. And then once you start building relationships, it's like in any business, you build relationships and the and motion starts going.
0: We're going to jump into all of that. I want to pull Annabelle in here get him so in. everybody knows who he is because I have a feeling the two of you. Well, I... I've been social with the two of you, and I see how you bounce off of each other anyway, and so I want to create that dynamic here during the interview. So, okay. Okay, so so you're originally from Guatemala. I but am. But you've lived here since you were two.
2: I am. You know, I actually was born in Guatemala. My, uh, I have a beautiful story that I always say. My mother was offered a pass to the United States. My uncle worked for the oil company in Guatemala at the time. He was given a green card, and then within a few years, he asked for my mom to come to this country and when she had the opportunity she was pregnant with me so she had to wait till I was born she came to America and two years later she
0: brought me to this country wow now Anna himself what an incredible career you have from travel to to teaching you but started with the world famous mentor which I want to get into some of your salon work has included uh Sally Hershberger uh at John Frieda Laurie Goddard.
2: Laurie Goddard, yes. A colorist in Los Angeles. World-renowned.
0: Well, you're the one that's world-renowned now, with especially the work that you do in Balayage, <laughs> which we want to talk about. And your list of celebrity clientele, as well as the magazine work, is just, it's nonstop. So I have some of your magazines sitting My covers here. there, okay. Oh, you did the covers for these? Those are my covers. Oh, okay. So I'm staring at Nylon Magazine... Uh, which that's your cover. Yes. Okay. Uh, bizarre. That's yes. your cover. Yes. Wait, who is that? That's Amy. That's my hair. Oh my gosh. That's Amy Adams. Yes. So he did the color and you do you do any color?
1: Mm-mm. No. I'm so not. who
0: colors Ellen's hair?
1: You know what? She has a couple of different people, don't Okay.
0: It? Wow. Do the two of you collaborate on this cover? Yeah,
1: for sure. we and I don't.
2: have worked together in clients for so many years I always tell people my story is that she single-handedly built my career. So Lainey's saying to me her clients, we work together, we've always worked very well together, and uh, that is how we both came about.
0: So do
2: you cut? I do not cut. So your color- only. I do not cut, I don't style hair, I do
0: color. Okay. And you cut and style and So what else?
1: I do is that I, he's, even though we don't work together in the same salon, because I don't work in a salon- I have clients that will ask me about their hair color, so Annival and I will work together and get their hair, color their hair.
0: So how many days a week
2: are you in the salon? It all depends. I'm in the salon three days, sometimes four, but, you know, it's always a busy three or four days. Sometimes I'm only in the salon two
0: days a week. Just depending on the work that you're doing outside of the salon? Yeah.
2: Well, yes, because I also... You know, like Lainey, I do other things. And one of those things that happened a few years ago is that I started producing movies. So that takes me out of the salon
0: to pursue that as well. Oh my gosh, okay. I'm adding that to the list of things that we have to talk about then. Okay, I'm also staring at, uh, there's a cover here of W Magazine, Interview yes. Magazine. What's it like doing a, a cover for a magazine? Do they call you and say, hey, by the way, you're so-and-so's on the cover and you're doing the, the color? I mean, they
2: come to me before they go and do the shoot. And she tells me, or the actress tells me, this is going to be for so-and-so
0: magazine. The actress comes to you and says, I'm going to be on the cover of Harper's Bazaar or W Magazine, and you're doing my color. That's exactly how it happens. And I didn't really know about that
2: for a long, long time until someone showed me all of the covers that I had, which I really didn't take that into consideration. I just was doing the work, and then one day it was all presented
0: to me. You've done all of these covers Mm -hmm. and you had no idea? Yes. So do you have an agent?
2: I do have an agent.
0: Did you always have an agent? Or you, you said I, earlier that, that Laney kind of helped you Well, build let's go back to that. We'll Laney did that. build
2: Lainey she got me the agent. Okay. <laughs> Laney got Okay. the got Okay. Lainey a client one day a sits in my chair. We started going over her color, and not till later did I find out that she actually
1: was the was agent.
2: The was <laughs> the then later then she on, she brought me into the office the said, "This said, this of your work. Hmm. i of like to rep you." Wow. So unlike other people, I've never really dealt with you know, going in and showing them my work and I want to have it. I've never really been that person. It just happened.
0: Why is that? So this organically happened? It did happen
2: organically, but you have to remember, I came into this industry later than everyone else. I was 36 years old when I went back to beauty school. And at 36, I knew where I wanted to work and I knew what I wanted to do. I wanted to work at a certain salon that... What, What was the salon? Sally Hersberger, Junk John Frida
0: Salon. Okay, so you hadn't even gone to beauty school yet. No, I but had you not. Knew you but to I have a funny story Sal to that because
2: I've always said, you know, I was older than everyone. I didn't fit the criteria as far as the looks were in Hollywood. You know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And my dream was to work there and I didn't know how I was going to get in that door. So I convinced my ex-boyfriend who was stunningly beautiful that he should work there. And he wasn't really, I said, please just let me work something out. I got an interview for him. I was right. They so hired he him. He was a hairdresser. Yes, okay. he was the and so they hired him. And for that year that I was in beauty school, I would come and visit and bring lunch and hang out. And I convinced them that I should work there. And they gave me the job a week before I graduated from beauty school. Jeez, that doesn't happen. Not in that type of a salon.
1: But he was thirty six, so and he'd got yeah. a, a, a baby girl as well. I already
2: had a child. I mean i I knew what I wanted. I just okay. knew that. So at that point, when I was offered the job. I became an apprentice for three years. So I
0: was 40 years old when I finished. So, so they weren't, and this is, I have a ulterior motive for this line of questioning. They weren't necessarily hiring your skill. Because you didn't really have the skill set no, at that were point. Not.
2: At the time, no. When you come into those salons, you better be prepared with how you're going to present yourself, your looks. And that's what they were going for.
0: What, what else were they going for? Because well, everybody thinks I'm a talented hairdresser. Therefore, I can be a jerk. I and think, they're just going you know, to line up outside the look,
2: door. Will open the door for you, but I think your talent will keep you there. Right. So within that first few months that I was there, they realized that I was not there to play; I was there to work. Right. But you're,
1: you're, you're committed, you're hardworking, I your was. attitude and your personality would basically get you through the Absolutely. door. Absolutely. And I Just came start. from a
2: corporate world. You know, for 15 years I was a flight attendant. I flew for Pan American Airways and I flew for Delta Airlines, and I mean, I saw the world. I knew how to handle 420 passengers, and I knew how to handle. <laughs> You know, <laughs> you, you, twenty-two You, crew you members. knew how to handle somebody who didn't like the sandwich. I right? did. Okay. I knew how to say chicken or beef in many languages. So mm-hmm. yeah, it, it was. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, she, he, say, he, he knows how to speak Japanese. I studied okay.
2: Japanese in college. I did mean, you
1: really? Do you do the Japanese? I mean,
2: it's been. I haven't spoken it in you know we'll twenty-four now, years. Right? I can make an announcement. I remember my announcement. Minasama no waru no ni nari. shito kare kudasai. I mean, I can go on. Wow. I studied Japanese. I, 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 you know, Spanish is my first language. I had to learn English. Right. I learned English watching the news when I was a little boy on Sesame Street. And hmm. So things just kind of, you can't tell me that I can't do something because I will
0: show you that I can do it. Okay, so this comes up a lot, and I mean a lot, where people attending my schools who are in their 30s or 40s or 50s, Will come up to me and they're almost embarrassed that they're not the young twenty-year-old. I mean, that I will, started in the in the same class. Like, like they, they think that you know, gosh, I'm not the same age as all of them. I'm, I'm older, and they're saying that to I me mean, like how, that's yeah. a bad thing. I
2: hear it a lot, and I always tell people the age thing is not going to work with me. I'm like the last person you can talk to about that because, like I said, at 36, you know, starting a whole new career was oh my God, did I do the right thing? Am I jumping from one side to the other and am I going to make it? But I didn't really allow the ideas of I wasn't going to make it. I knew I was going to make it. I will say, you know, working at Sally taught me so much. It taught me what you tell me you are worth, I'm going to believe you. What do you mean by that? Well, some people are like, I can't charge that much money. And I, but if I tell you this is what I charge and I tell you with such a you know, passion, you're going to believe me that's what I'm
0: worth. Okay, so what do you charge?
2: Well, I mean, my base has started at $200. Okay. My highlights now start at 400 and everything is a la carte. You do base, you do a highlight, or you do one or the other, but there is no package deal.
0: So an average ticket price walking out the door well, is... Well, the
2: average ticket price when they walk out the door after they get their hair cut and after they get their blow-dry, we're talking $1,000. Right. So... Right. Okay. And again, I grew up in El Monte, California. When I first went into the hair... And I was told to come and assist someone one day. I remember this story. I won't mention the woman, but I did a blow dry for her. And she asked, well, what do you charge? I didn't know what to respond. I mean, I was lucky if I was young that I went to a supercut. So I was about to say $27. And my boss was like, he charges two fifty for a blow dry. And that was years ago. And so those are the numbers that have stayed with me. Right. And so I just, I believe that. And I will continue to it's, believe it's that. It's
1: about believing your worth. Yes. Yeah. And, you know,
2: and I've always said, I have this great thing at the salon now that I've said to the owners, I don't want any of your clients. I don't want clientele because I have single-handedly built my clientele with referrals. And Lainey Reeves right here, that hair of hers has been the biggest walking, talking billboard when it comes to hair color. That hair has sent me more clients than anyone else.
0: Um, Actually, Lainey, I want to ask you because... Uh in working with distributors and salons and manufacturers, being on the manufacturer side, Mm -hmm. such a huge mega company, I'm assuming that part of the consulting that you're giving to people is how to raise prices. Because I don't think there's anybody listening to this that doesn't agree that our industry deserves a raise.
1: I believe if you're putting time and energy into making yourself better, and I think we're in an industry that you have to continuously grow, that you have to put a value to the time and energy that you put into things so for me you know when I look at something and I put a price to my work I just I put in what it is that I know that I've put my time and energy into and like the age thing you know what with the the people that you're talking about I mean what, everyone ages I mean that's the beauty of it all all of us get older and I just think You know, with the time... Times change, and as long as you change with it, you're still valuable. You know, I just remember an old friend of mine saying, you know, when you're green, you're ripe. When you're ripe, you're rotten. So unless you put time into yourself, you you will become rotten. You, You won't have the ability to charge and grow. So...
2: And It also makes sense what you were just saying that, you know, my grandmother had a saying. My grandmother would always say to me, "Tell me who you're hanging out with, and I'll tell you who you are." Ooh. So if you want to be successful, Which I love
0: that. Tell, what, what, exactly, what was Grandma trying to tell you? Well,
2: she, she just to wanted who you, you hanging
1: out with. Well, well she would though? say
2: it because she wanted to see what everybody was doing. But you know, you ha- you want to be successful, you hang out with successful people. You want to be the best hair cutter, you hang out with the best cutters, and that's what I've always believed.
1: Yeah, me too.
0: Okay, but what's the advice that you have? Because people think, well, I'm hanging out with the best because some people call this the microwave generation. I've been here for a week. Can't I be charging oh, yeah, that's a $1,000 for my services? We, Can't I know. become the creative director? Because I've been here for a week. So what's the advice that you have for yeah, for those who do want it instantly?
1: It, it, uh, it, yeah, that doesn't happen like that. It's, it is, it's, it's time and energy. You have to put time and energy in.
2: And you said it also, you know, we do so much free work. You just put in the work. And I will say this eventually, things start to change for you. They see that you show up to work. So that makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. They see that you're dedicated. That makes a huge difference. They say you're not afraid of work. That makes a big difference. So.
0: I know we're going to jump all over the place and I'm okay right. with that, right? Yeah. Okay, okay. So, the, so the free work. Because as a speaker, I still speak. For well, I'll free, tell you. Yeah, of
2: course but... we do. Like, let's say a publicist. He does my
1: hair for free.
2: Well, she's my girlfriend, you know. But, but you know what I'm saying? It's a publicist wants me to do her client. So, because I want that client, I'll do the publicist's hair for free. Okay. It's just part of, it's what happens. You know, you just, I've always said, if you put out there into the universe, it'll come right back. Lane said this a long, long time ago, which I always think about that. Some people go through life just withdrawing from the ATM of life, Mm -hmm. but they refuse to deposit into the ATM of life. Mm -hmm. And that's what a lot of people do. They don't really want to put out, but they expect everything to come back to them.
0: Right. Right. I love that.
1: It's like a bank account.
0: How do you get so smart?
1: I don't know. <laughs> it's, I, I truly believe in energy and what it is that you're putting into the pot of life. You, if you donate and you put things in, there's room to pull things out.
0: Absolutely. Because you're talking about that. then again, I've known you for over 20 years. And whenever we get together, you have like 100 new ideas or projects that you're working on. Oh, yeah. And some of them stick, and some of them don't. Can you talk about that? Okay. Because I have a feeling that some people would say, "Well, Lainey, when we had lunch six months ago, you told me you were going to do this, and it didn't happen." So, I
1: so you're am constantly
0: always. You're always pitching something. Yeah. Yes,
1: always, always pitching something. My mind doesn't rest. It's just something that, for me, just naturally keeps going. I don't know why. Okay, well,
0: that's natural for you. It's not natural for most people. Uh-huh. So what advice do you have? Because a lot of people, they they put all of their energy into something and, and it doesn't work. Or it doesn't work the way they thought that it was going to work. They and then have, they
2: give up or do they continue? They give up or
0: now I'm a failure I'm, and they, they give up or well, whatever. I but mean,
1: believe me, I've, I've put a lot of work and time into stuff.
0: And money, I'm sure. And
1: money. And, I, and if it doesn't work, then I... I could say, oh, I'm not doing that well. Some, some of them have been ouchies, but that's okay. You know, you just...
2: An ouchie, it costs you a lot. Yeah. yeah but and that was, you... The, you just said it. The magic thing is that she, if things don't work out, she's not going to curl up and say, I've failed. She'll move on to the next project and we'll continue again. She doesn't give up.
0: What advice um, do you have then for the people who are just so willing and... They you know, I just...
1: I love reading. I do a lot of reading and I look into areas of, you know, of... I'm forever telling Annivale what he needs to do. Yes. <laughs> I'm going, you know, Annival I've read this book. And we need to do this and we need to do that. What, what
0: types of books are you drawn oh, to? Oh,
1: lots of different books. Um, you know, on health, uh, fitness, stock market. It's just whatever put, draws me in. I just start researching, researching, researching
2: and now some of the things that she's gotten me into
1: (laughs) that's for a whole different
2: day that's for another episode of oh give us us right we've gotten into some great great adventures Mm -hmm. because she someone called and are you still in
0: avon door-to-door ding
2: dong no but like remember we went to i don't want to but we've been to meditating hours and we've done things
1: (laughs) <laughs> we, I brought, I'd brought him along to a meditation class once. I said, I've been invited to an, a meditation and class. And I never say no. Are you, you're, so I was, like, you're always a will Always. And, and he's like, okay. And we went, and it was, we were sitting in a room with a bunch of people that started doing the weirdest mm-hmm. chanting. And I lost it. I was like Oh, I'm sitting in this room going, What on earth are we doing here? And you're and supposed to be
2: you're supposed to be doing this with your eyes closed, but I, I something knew that she was not so I open one eye and she's giggling and then I'm giggling.
0: So, so th- they weren't happy with you. So
1: yeah, I, I drag him along to a lot of things. I'm like, You come with me, you have to come with me to this <laughs> and he's like, Okay <laughs> then So anyway that's that's our relationship.
0: Cool. It's, it's, yeah. it's great to have a friendship like that.
1: Yeah, I'm doubling, and yeah. I've got other projects going on at the moment that I'm doubling around in. Of course There's you always are. something going on. Always.
0: Is is it always within the beauty industry, or is it outside the beauty industry as well?
1: No, it's in the. It's mostly in the beauty industry. Okay. Yeah. So it's um, it's all interesting stuff.
0: So let's talk about some of the the celebrities that you have both worked with Mm -hmm. and not so much just about the celebrity but but more about just the opportunities and where that's taken you so you're Mm -hmm. friends with and you do the hair for Emily Blunt Mm -hmm. who is Mary Poppins
1: yeah I didn't do any of the movie Uh, movies I don't do with Emily I do just all her press anything outside of a movie I will do with her
0: so you didn't do the hair
1: which I did I'm did assuming the,
0: they were all wigs yeah, for the movie. The, yes, she didn't movie. do any of that. But no. once the movie is completed, so and now she's doing the all the press, press all junkets. The you're doing her hair. Everything,
1: everything outside of a movie, I will do. Which she,
0: she's not dressed as Mary Poppins for all the press. She's just no. back to Emily yeah, Blunt, back to and Emily that's when Brown
1: looking okay. gorgeous and stuff. Yeah, I've known Emily a long, long time. I met her right around the time that she did a Devil Wears Prada, and that sort okay. of crossed her over into Hollywood. Up until then, she was, you know, doing smaller movies from the UK, and that just sort of catapulted her into more of the limelight. Mm-hmm. That's when she got her first award for her the role that she played there, and then it's just been a growing thing. We've grown, we grew together in the industry, and uh, it's nice being part of helping somebody to develop who they are.
0: What does that mean? What does that look like? Develop who they well,
1: are? I mean, people grow into themselves, especially in Hollywood, and there's females that they start to be what you call a Hollywood star right and you know with her we've developed that look and the way that she is when she walks onto a red carpet that's us working for the last ten years. Of developing and it for her it develops confidence strength, she knows who she is more, it helps her decide what she wants to do better. There's a lot of intricate things that play into it, and you know you're part of that journey The same with Amy Adams it's exactly the same thing. Mm-hmm. but I got to meet Amy Adams through Emily because okay. they did a little movie called Sunshine Cleaning. Together, an old movie, which I recommend you watch. It's fantastic. Sunshine Cleaning. Sunshine mm-hmm. Cleaning. I think it was
0: on my list and I never watched it. Oh, because super, I love both of them. And super, great super Sunshine movie. Cleaning. Okay, I'm going to write that down. And
1: yeah. because at the time, Amy needed a hairdresser for an event. And she said, you should work with Lainey. And that's it. Me and Amy met and fell in love. Right. And I have a love affair with her. And I have a love affair with Emily at the same time. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm.
0: Are you doing the press things as well? Or, or their hair, you're coloring their they hair. They usually so will
2: come, you know, if they're going to do some press, they come in and say, hey, the hair needs to be touched but up. or
1: But then uh, both Emily and Amy have come to you to develop yes. a look and a color for them to go and do a movie as yes. well. Yes.
2: I remember when you sent Emily to me, she was brunette and I had to take a blonde for Looper. Okay. And that took us a while, remember? And after that, we worked together on getting her back to her new look for the five-year engagement plan. Mm -hmm. And the same with Amy. She was off to do a movie with Clint Eastwood, and that's when I started working with her. So, yes, for me, it's usually done in the salon, and it's done before they head on out to either start the movie or start their press or do a photo shoot. Uh,
0: So does a celebrity ever put you on a plane then? Yes, they do. Okay, so give us those examples. I mean, I see, lady, why you jump on the plane because you're styling their hair they shoot, every single day. Maybe
1: or... If they're shooting a movie somewhere and they're on location, and they've got to keep them maintain their color for the whole movie, okay. then they have to fly them out to do it.
2: That's it. So give us some of those examples. But I, well, you know, I now work with the Dominican actress, wonderful lady, which is the one who actually brought me out of the studio to start producing with her, and. She, They'll fly me to the Dominican Republic to do her hair color before a either a movie or a shoot or some press junkets. And Laney now started working with her, so Laney styles her as well. Hmm. So it's things like that that have happened for me. I never expected it to be this way. I just feel that it's the hard work. It's you know the people that I've surrounded myself. It's wonderful people like Laney that have given me opportunities, and hmm. that's how it all has happened.
0: When you said that you had to take her back to blonde. I had so to take her
2: to Blonde from Brunette.
0: Okay, so that's not a one-day visit in um, salon. So, um, so, so talk us yeah. through that process because when I was reading about you, again, I'm not a hairdresser, so I try to do my study and understand it as much as I can. But uh, I'm going to read this. Your specialty is balayage where you create very natural sun-kissed highlights. You rarely use foils. That is correct. But instead, you prefer to hand-paint... Strokes with the flow of the hair, but you're not just doing that with blondes. You're also doing it with brunette and redheads. Do I, you? Do. So you I do. So here's the thing: I do paint those as well.
2: I don't. Uh, I don't use foil, and a lot of the times, you know, going back to why it takes me a few days, I choose to do this very slowly because I like to save the integrity of the hair. Now, I've always said that if someone tells you that they can take you to this blonde in a few hours. You better run and you better run very fast because that hair might look really pretty in that chair. But within hours or days, it's going to be a complete different story. Now
0: we, we met a couple of models or, or celebrities and you look at now we're face to face with them and you're thinking, wow, your hair is so damaged because they are taken from this to that. Yes. In extreme cases, yes. and I, I will say, without we, considering the integrity of the hair, as you absolutely. just said, okay. So, talk so to us. So, for us, you know,
2: I remember when I did this with Emily, it took us we started a few months before she even started shooting. So, we did this very slowly. You know, we went from taking out some of the pigment first, and then you go on to you know, adding some highlights, and then slowly just getting that
0: over how many visits to the salon over how. I mean, I, I, I can't months.
2: answer that because I don't remember, but it has been...
1: It's probably like two or three visits. Three, yeah. Sure.
2: At least okay. two or three visits. Okay. Nothing less than three. I remember that. And Did, then we,
0: But do they still sit in the chair or the agent or the manager still says, I need her extreme blonde by tomorrow? I don't know. Why can't you do it in well, one visit? What do you say? I choose
2: not to go down that road because okay. at the end of the day, they're not going to remember the person who left the hair looking beautiful. They're going to remember the man who destroyed their hair. So I choose. I do. I say, I don't think I'm the right guy for you.
0: Well, so you'll turn down the job because I will. Integrity.
2: I will. Like I said, at the end of the day, they're going to remember who broke off the hair. Right. I have a client, a beautiful woman, you know, uh, actress, and she is obsessed. I always say she's, uh, she has blondorexia. She wants to be (laughs) blonder and blonder and blonder. And, so she called me recently because she said, so I think there should be a highlight on this one side of the hair. Do you mind if I do it myself at home? And I said, I personally won't do it, you know, until your next visit. If you want to go ahead and do it, go for it. I hope you enjoy your new bob. And she did. She, she sent me an email. Man, she it's goes, gonna break off. exactly what I needed to hear. I'll see you in a few weeks. I won't touch the hair. I won't do it. Oh, that's funny. So I hope you enjoy, you know, walking around in a cute little bob because it will break off. Wow. So those are things that, you know, a a new stylist or colorist should learn that you should say no if you're afraid of, you know, what's going to happen to the hair. Hmm. But not many people do it.
0: That's great. So talk to us more about the traveling and how do you do that? Because you said you're four days a week when the... Ellen's show is being filmed. That's four days a week. What time do you get there and what time do you leave? And then how the heck do you fit all this other stuff in?
1: I have a a manager that manages my schedule. And, you know, we just have to work days in between what I've committed to. So sometimes it can be difficult. Sometimes I'm, you know, I have to fly somewhere and hit the ground running. Mm-hmm. But that's, I think that's the industry anyway. We, you know, you, you're hitting the ground running all the time. And, um.
2: You keep saying to yourself, just keep swimming. Just keep just swimming. Keep swimming. <laughs> just keep just swimming. Just keep
0: swimming.
1: Wasn't that Ellen? Yeah, that's because. I it's Ellen, right? Yeah. It is a sort of dory. Right, right.
2: dory.
0: Dory. there you go. Um,
1: I mean, I can fly into New York and literally blow dry someone's hair and get on a plane and fly back.
0: You've done that. Yeah. Yes.
1: Loads of times.
0: So and you the fly thing. there, you land, you blow dry their hair, yeah. you turn around, jump ready. back yeah. on the plane and
1: Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's what, that's what happens.
0: And how do you feel about that? Is that I mean, is that, that exciting normal. for you? Is I mean, that, that is was... that wow, is that a cha ching <laughs> paycheck for that or
1: I mean I think it's a bit of both, you know, it's a job and you've got to do it. If mm-hmm. that's what you want to do, that's what it consists of. Okay. So, and that's it. Because, you know, I, I have some clients like Emily now. She lives in New York. So if I want to be part of her life and be part of what she's got going on, then I have to get on a plane and fly there.
0: Hmm. Well, so when you give us a typical day at Ellen, then you arrive okay. at what point? What What does With your day Ellen, look like? It, is it a lot of sitting around? Know, what, it, what it looks- is,
1: there's a lot of sitting around, but... And what I'm gonna tell you is this, it's gonna seem like I've got a really easy day. <laughs> so here we go. I
2: And does she have an easy day? Never. Okay, no. okay. It might sound but it's I never
1: I get there at eleven o'clock in the morning. I do Ellen's hair about twelve. Okay. Then the show shoots at three and it's shot in an hour. And then I'll probably walk out the door about 4, 4.30. Okay. And that's my day. Okay. Now, a lot of people will say, well, she's, you know, it's a, you've got a good job. She's got really short hair. And it's not about the hair. You know, that, yes, she's got short hair, but it's not about the hair. It's about the whole environment.
0: You have to um, explain that. Yeah. I think I know what you're talking about because if you're energy in that space and the whole environment and yeah. i'm sure there's a lot of stress and it's a, it's a very you were the fast, last person yeah that it's a
1: very fast high energy uh running period of time and you literally blink and the day's over
2: and you can do two shows
0: a day
1: yes yeah, sometimes we can do two shows yeah. a day
0: so what else is it besides doing the hair you say it's very high Energy and do you feel like it's a, it's, I showed it's, up here today, uh, things aren't going well, the, the, the grip, what's a grip by the way, the, uh, like, he's pissed off and so my job is, today is to make sure that Ellen feels extra special today. Do you think that way?
1: My job is to make sure Ellen looks the best she can possibly look at all times mm-hmm. and that's what I focus on. But in the meantime, she has a lot going on. So, say, for instance, I could do her hair and have it looking beautiful and perfect. And then they could come in and say, Ellen's got to wear a wig now for the next section. And so I have to put a wig on the beautiful work that I've just done. And then I'll probably, when the wig's pulled off, I'll probably have a nanosecond to make sure her hair looks beautiful for it to go back out on stage. Okay. So it's fast thinking, you know, but, and not being rocked. Like, I've got to be able to hold my own and go, she looks fine. Or
0: what have you not being rocked?
1: Meaning that, you know, you can be put in situations and you, you don't have, you know, the ability to stand strong and, and be yourself and not be pushed around in any way. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I've developed the skills to be able to hold my own in a lot of different situations. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what it's about. You know, you can be the most amazing hairdresser, but walk on set into an environment that I have and watch people crumble. Hmm. Like not being able to do what they're supposed to do. Right. And that only comes with experience. So once the show
0: starts, you're just sitting in the green room drinking your wine? No, and... I,
1: I, no I don't leave Ellen's side the whole time. Okay, day. so that's, that was... I am with her. The minute we, I go up So while the show's being yeah. taped,
0: you're standing off on the side some, somewhere. Yeah, you're standing behind absolutely. the camera to and make sure that her is hair to, is looking yeah. good on camera. My
1: job is to make sure she looks amazing. And I, okay. I give it 150% attention.
0: So when they break to a commercial, are you running back yeah, onto the set that's to that's
1: it. fix and, anything that you And that's, that and that's just not with, with her. That's just my job. But anyone in a show or movie situation, that's right. how it is. You know, if you're on set doing a shoot, if I'm with Emily, it's the same job. If I'm with Amy, it's Mm -hmm. the same job. You know, as soon as you're off camera, you're in there making sure touch-ups, making sure everything's good. Then you're just step aside. You don't really in the background. So it's about being able to be fast thinking, know your job, and and be confident at the same time.
0: What about the other guests that she has on the show? There's other hairdressers yep, that take care of team. them.
1: I mean, I've been, uh, when I didn't work with Ellen, I used to go to the Ellen show with my clients. So it's a circuit that they do when they're promoting a movie. You're, right. You're Is that aware, how Ellen found you? Um, you were on set? No, I got reunited with Ellen through Portia. I was working with Portia doing what her hair. Okay. She was doing some press stuff a few years ago and I got reunited with her that way.
0: Hmm. This might sound like an odd question. No. Where does a cell phone fit into all of this?
1: If I'm going to do my job, then I am not picking up my phone.
0: Okay, that that's my point. Then. My
1: phone's gone. It's in the drawer. It's on silent, and it's gone. And
0: if you have your phone and you're staring at your phone while she's filming her show, then you're not doing oh, your job.
1: Oh no, I wouldn't even. I wouldn't do that to anybody. Not just Ellen. I mean, obviously, that's you know my job for four days a week. But with anyone, if it's with any job that I would be doing, I wouldn't have my phone out. That's it's gone.
0: What's your input on this? I mean, I'm
2: listen, kind of I'm I'm in a salon, and I will tell you. I still agree with what she says. You won't find my phone on me while I'm with a client. Hmm. Now I will say this and I know it sounds like I'm bashing, you know, the younger generation, but they are on the phone when they're talking to a client. And for me, it's just common sense. You know, you would, a client is paying for the time and for me to make them feel beautiful and wonderful. And it's not going to happen if I'm on the phone talking to someone and Oh, hold on, let me finish. It just wouldn't happen.
0: But I do see it a lot. Or just screening. You know, I'm on this big kick for, for many, many reasons. And I can show you my report that my phone <laughs> usage is going down. I look at it every single week. You know, have you seen those reports? Yes. They tell you? yes. Yep. Mine's, oh, go, mine,
1: mine's going down as well.
0: I'm working hard on it. I was down uh, 20% last week. and I, And the week before, I was down 30%, which means I'm down, what, 50% over the last meaning I'm, I'm trying to be more present and be with my daughter because I don't want her to want to stare at her cell phone. Mm-hmm. But I see it a lot, a lot with that generation. And I think my belief is that 50 years from now, we're all going to look back and think, what the heck were we thinking? You know, Why did that happen? Why yeah. did we allow that to happen? But for today's world... You say it's common sense, but it's not common sense. And that's why we're talking about it right now. What do they say? You can you can Google facts, but you can't Google wisdom. Yeah. So the information I'm getting from you guys today is wisdom. This is yeah. the stuff that you can't Google. Yeah, you can't. And, and we need this. We, uh, the people listening to this right now need to hear this. Mm-hmm. So, yeah,
2: well, it's funny that you would say that because I find it that being a single man, I'll try to go out with friends or something to a restaurant and i love meeting people i love talking to people i love looking them in the eyes i love there's that beautiful connection that you can make but again some people nowadays do everything through their phone so i find it hard that we don't know how to connect anymore because it's easily done that way mm. whereas i'm still from the old way of you know doing things so mm. it's affecting all of us and i don't know that it's going to
0: change anymore There's a lot of people listening to this who would love, and I mean love, probably 90% of the emails that I get from my students and from stylists are, I really want to do hair, makeup in the world of entertainment. So Mm -hmm. a lot of people say that they want your your job. So they need this kind of wisdom. They need this kind of advice. Is that Mm -hmm. a big taboo to have your cell phone staring at your device while you're on set? Is that kind of like a common?
1: You can't. I mean, now you just can't have it. So if you're on set doing a magazine, you've got to remember a magazine comes out two or three months after you've done a mm-hmm. shoot. So if you're seen taking pictures or being on your phone, that work is known as sacred until it comes out in a magazine.
0: Oh, right. So
1: you can't, like, be posting, oh, I'm on the set of Vogue today, and before, because you would. I mean, it's just a good etiquette. They would. Hmm. You wouldn't be booked by them again. Yeah. I, I don't think anyway. Huh? I wouldn't dare do it.
2: You agree. I won't do it. Right? I mean, listen, <laughs> ask us about our phones. They're off. We came in, we turned them off, and that's what we do. Yeah. But again, not everyone does it.
0: Right. So talk to us. Let's swing the pendulum towards technical. How have you become so well-known for what you do? Who are your your mentors how did you get so brilliant at at what you do and what's unique about the style of color that you do
2: so you know I grew up in a world of uh, art my mother was a housekeeper for 36 years in Los Angeles for uh, one of the most famous artists in the world so I grew up in his home I grew up in the studio I grew up seeing color in a very different way so I've always said that I see hair very different than other people do. For me, even how I touch the hair, even how I handle it when I'm painting, I feel like, how would you handle silk? It wouldn't be, you know, jabbing it and moving it and grabbing it. And some people do that. So I see color very differently. I work with pictures. So if you tell me that you want to be a redhead, there are So many shades of red, what I see as red might be very different than what you see as red. So I always say, please bring some pictures for me. And we go with that. And whatever picture you show me, I will learn how to make that color. Hmm. I taught myself to work with many color lines. And this is something that Lainey was very big on. I would like to follow the rules. You know, oh, you shouldn't do that. Oh, we couldn't. And she was like, no, she would push me and push me and push me to step out of that box.
0: Follow the rules of formulas or?
2: As far as, you know, how, does that make sense? Like if something was blonde, I would make it blonde. And she's like, no, but you could make it a different blonde. You know, if you go in there and pump it with a little more of this, it'll become that. And so she taught me to be a little more fearless because I did, you know, coming as an older person into the industry, I wanted to follow the rules. And I've learned to paint with many colors, I, I don't know, I just, I see color very differently than other people do. And that's, you know, because of how I grew up, I think.
0: Well, D- David Hockney is the artist, David the very, Hockney. very famous artist that you are talking about. How come you didn't say his name? We all know who he is. I know, I mean, I don't know, if I,
2: I, can, I, I always don't know, you know, what we can say, who we want to talk about. But right. yes, I'm very proud that it is David Hockney. Uh, what did you learn from him? One thing he told me years ago when I was young, he said, just remember that what you were born into doesn't specifically mean that's the world that you're supposed to stay in. So David taught me that I could be more. You know, like I said, I grew up very poor. I grew up in El Monte, California. I just always wanted more and I knew that I could get there. So, you know, just the idea of how to make a color. That's a beautiful thing that I learned from David. David. I don't know, I just saw the world in you know so many splashes of color. I didn't see it, like a blue is not a blue. There are so many tones to that blue and that's how I look at
0: things. And what, what's your ongoing training for that?
2: Well, I I'll always say I love to look at fashion magazines. I wanna see what the trends are. I continue to educate myself on what's coming in for the next few seasons or the season. I just, I will take classes, you know, we still have classes at our salon that they bring in people from L'Oreal and, you know, Goldwell, and I will be at every single one of those classes, there might be not a lot that I'll learn, but I still feel that there's something that you'll always pick up, a technique, a way to hold something differently, so I continue to want to learn every day.
0: The biggest part of your career, Lainey, for many, many years was in training Mm -hmm. hairdressers. Yeah. How much of that are you still doing today? And I also want to draw on your many, many years of experience to to Um, give us some some guidance and some coaching today on what's needed today. I mean,
1: I deliver my information differently, obviously. Now, if I do a red carpet event or if I do something that we think is noteworthy, then I'll do it through different brands. So, for instance, I work with a lot of different brands, but it's very specific events and then I will deliver and tell people and give them a step-by-step breakdown of what I do. And then it just gets put out into different feeds like Instagram and different outlets where people will read and see what I, what work I've been doing. So that's different for me now. As long as
0: we're talking about that. So you, you actually get paid to yeah. send out yeah. a tweet.
1: Yeah. So well, You to be
0: paid tens of thousands yeah, of dollars we, to send out two or call, three tweets.
1: We call it a sponsorship. So I get sponsored uh, by different brands to use the product and do step-by-step. Hey, I'm so using right. this
0: product on yeah. Emily Blunt as she's getting ready to yes. that's, that's hit the red carpet yeah. at the Academy Awards. And this is yeah. how I did her hair. Mm-hmm, that's I what I do. Wow. That's a nice life, huh? It is. not a bad one not a a bad one so go back to your (laughs) your previous career though, of uh, training hairdressers
1: I did 15 years at uh, Tony and Guy I was the educational director there from very engaged I think from about the age of 26 I helped develop all the training programs cutting, I've never done colour I helped develop all the um, training manuals from basic, advanced, intermediate hair cutting mm-hmm. I travelled all over the world teaching different hairdressers that's how we met, mm-hmm. I remember yeah. and um, I used to run the school in uh, London I was, worked the programs there then I transferred to America I set up the school when Tony and Guy had a school in Long Beach many moons ago mm-hmm. and yeah, no, that was my life I was a teacher until I decided to jump ship and start working on my session.
2: And, you know, and I've got this joke that I tell people about Lainey, which is I've never seen anyone who can show up to do hair with a smaller bag than anything. She'll show up with a brush, a bobby pin, and maybe a bottle of water, and will do the most spectacular hair. How do you do that?
1: I don't know. I just don't feel like I need a lot. It's true, Right.
2: (laughs) And she'll maybe make her own hairspray. I mean, I've watched this.
1: I put, I put, you know, I've done so. When I look back at my, I've done so much. I've assisted Guido Paolo. I've done shows with him all over the world. I've done work with Eugene Suleiman. I've learned stuff from him. I just, I've rubbed shoulders with so many different people, and you just pick up. Things and tricks and whatever works. And, and, you know, sometimes I will say I can be a tad on the lazy side. <laughs> <and>
0: <laughs> how, how does that come out? I, I like, be, t- how does that play I out? Hope,
1: you know what it is? I'm slightly overconfident with my hairdressing skills. So <laughs> I will not put everything I need in a bag I'll just throw something and go oh that'll be fine and then when I get there I'm like oh I've got to make this work okay? I haven't actually got that with me so I can make I, I can make stuff do whatever it needs to just because of me being slightly tad lazy and slightly a little bit overconfident okay it's never backfired on me so don't copy me whoever's listening yes but, but you've um, also
0: been doing hair for how many years have been
1: doing hair a long time
0: and I will
2: say it's the most fantastic hair. Right. I tell people that Laney is one of the best hairdressers I have ever worked with.
1: I was told I do hair like a dude, mm. whatever that's supposed to be. I do hair like a male hairdresser. Who told you that? I've been told that so many times. Uh, I do hair like how a male hairdresser would do hair.
0: What, what do you think they mean by that?
1: And I don't know what they meant by that. I don't know. Is it I make a woman look really sexy like a guy's yes. done the hair? Oh, that, that type of thing.
0: Well, that's something.
1: Yeah. Huh. I don't
0: know. Maybe because they figured that a woman would not go out of their way to make another woman look sexy. I don't know. I don't know what that I don't know. I don't know
1: what it means. But anyway. But that's, somehow it's working for you. Somehow it has worked along the way. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: So with what you know, that you said that you've jumped ship, so to speak, and started this whole other career. Yeah. Looking back and and what you know and what you see today, because obviously you're still rubbing shoulders with hairdressers. What's needed in the beauty industry today in terms of training? Like what if you could wave your magic wand and say, gosh, I I wish, I'm not going to do it because you have this other career right now.
1: No, no, no. I mean, I would do it and I've actually been considering going back into doing it is basic hairdressing, Hmm. basic foundation, I do believe that school, especially here in America, because so there's a certain system in America that's obviously we know is different to how we do it in Europe. I was assisted doing hair for three years. So my training was a three-year program before I was allowed to cut any hair on the floor. It's, it's a little bit faster here in, right. in America. Uh, and that's because there's different rules and laws that make it that way. And I do believe if it was solely left up to the hairdresser to create a curriculum, it would be a lot longer. Hmm. And I think because it crosses over into the laws of a state, that there's a way that it's controlled in a different way. not saying that that's right or wrong, but I believe that basic hairdressing is something that you need to come back to each time. You know, you can learn it and then forget about it, But then if someone... Let's say you've been doing hair for 10 years, you develop ways of doing things that slightly take you off the beaten path. Right. And I just think it's good to, like, be brought back, go back to basics, because you bring yourself back to basic, it pushes you so much further in a direction of how you work, starts developing and how you work. Like, for me, I was... I found basic hairdressing so difficult to get my head around when I was learning how to cut hair couldn't figure it out and because i had to figure that out and i found it so hard that it's so simple so for me the the simplicity of basic hairdressing that i've developed a way to teach people that made it so easy for to grasp Hmm. because i found it difficult that for me i think I, i would like to come back and start doing basic hair teach basic hairdressing again
0: I think I know somebody who could possibly... Uh,
1: <laughs> help me do that. What do you mean help you, grab you? <laughs> because you know, if you think about it, those hairdressers out there that are listening, how do you learn how to cut something straight on a round surface? Hmm. That's the most difficult thing. When you when, There's a point where the penny drops, and you're like... Hmm. And it took a while for the penny for me to drop.
0: So your advice is, people listening to this who have already been doing hair 10 years or more,
1: Go and do a basic class. Go Re-enroll. and get your ass kicked Re-enroll. Again. Re-enroll. Just pull it in a bit and go and get your ass kicked and get it back into shape. Good. Because it pushes your work. It catapults you further and with what you can do. Well,
0: I like just the, the whole idea of humbling yourself enough yeah. to say, I'm a student now. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not the I mean, master here. When I'm when now I, a wo- student. Honestly,
1: when I worked at Tony and Guy, if I walked into a Tony and Guy salon, everyone would hide their, what they were doing. Really? Because I would walk in the salon. They'll be like covering up the client so, so I couldn't see what they were doing because I held everybody to such a high standard right. of cutting.
0: And your thought as the education director, creative director, is like, I want to take you, I don't care you've been doing here 20 years, I want to take you back to the basics. Go
1: back to basics. It's you fun. It's great. It's fun as well. So I think what we're doing is we're going to double up. Anifel's so good at what he does and I'm so good at what I do and we get on really well that... I think between him and I, I've always said to him, why don't you and I go and do some classes and show people who we are and what we do? So you haven't done it yet. We haven't done it yet? Oh, I would
0: love to be the person who
1: you should <laughs> creates
0: probably. that stage, that platform for the two of you.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, that would be great.
1: Because I, I think the two of us together, we blend so well and bounce off each other so well. And the thing is, we've gone through so much together, growing
0: Yeah, we definitely have.
1: Like, we're not just somebody you you throw on stage and we've just come together. There's some depth and foundation to show. Well, doesn't that
0: even just feel good? Yeah. That that the two of you is like, hey, let's collaborate. The whole idea of collaborate. I've been on the road by myself on the stage alone. how
1: many years?
0: Oh, gosh, 20 years. But in the last four or five years, I don't want to do it by myself anymore. And I share the stage with a partner.
1: It's fantastic. And it's I, I switch off
0: between two or three different people and it's so wonderful. Yeah. And I have a feeling that the way it's gonna be for the two of you is even without planning it out, you would just kinda of weave in and out of each other. Yeah. That it would just be so easily synchronized and would flow so fun and beautifully and naturally for the for the learner.
1: Yeah.
2: You know, that's another thing that I've always said as far as teaching. I think for a younger hairdresser, what I would recommend is I think apprenticing after you come out of beauty school, becoming someone's assistant for a while and picking someone who is talented and, and you admire and, you know, you love their work. That's the way to go, because I will tell you, I came out of beauty school with you know, other friends. We took different paths. One of them went into a little salon and I became an assistant, like I said, at thirty-seven. For three, how long? For three years. For three years. When I was forty years old, I went on my own. I mean, that's forty years old. Who goes? That's
1: on? a commitment right. for you. So and they and they
2: didn't do that. They did friends. not do that.
0: And you never have regretted that. Never. Because you, can, you never. can't go back to repeat that. You can't go back never. and say, "I think a, I did really the greatest thing."
2: Him. I learned from the greatest hairdressers. It opened up many doors. And it just showed me that, again, age is nothing but that
0: number. Mm. You just
1: think about it. When you assist somebody, you're not just learning their technique of how they do hair. It's how they handle people, how they handle a busy full list of clients. You know, how do they handle somebody that's, you know, saying, I've been waiting 20 minutes. Uh, my, you know, I'm past my point. It's, it's learning all that grace and technique right. of just maneuvering your day. That To me, that's the beauty of assisting somebody. It's not just, well, how are you holding your scissors? What are you doing? To, what's that graduation or what, what is it that you're doing? It's how they maneuver and hold themselves. Hmm. So for anyone that's coming out of school, I would start looking for somebody really hmm. successful to rub shoulders with.
0: I yes. love that advice because... Just go and find because them. Because again, people say, gosh, I've been in beauty school nine months. I'm so done with this. I just want to just start doing hair.
2: But you're not. You're just starting... <laughs> That's the thing that they have to remember. You're not done with it. You're just beginning this amazing life. And for me, hairdressing is a beautiful world. I always remember as a child, I would pray for Christmas time for that Barbie doll head. And every damn year I got the damn G.I. Joe. And I didn't understand why. And that's when I stopped believing in Santa Claus. But that's all I wanted is I wanted to have my hands in hair. You know, people ask me, why do I do what I do? And I will tell you, if a woman looks in the mirror and finds the beauty in her, at least for a minute, then I've succeeded. I want her to see how beautiful she is. Mm -hmm. And that makes me happy. Mm -hmm. I just want it to touch hair, you know. So this career can go on forever for you if you choose but you can't say that 7 months or 8 months of beauty school
1: i agree and like people saying about age i think the time that you're old and the time that you shouldn't be doing it is when you stop your education and stop yes. and thinking that you've done because you can be the most wonderful hairdresser of the advice as long as you keep yourself current and keep pushing yourself to another level
0: and if you consider that your hairdressing career could be a 20 30 40 year career What's the rush? Yeah. And I, I learned that actually because I, I interviewed a, a brain surgeon and he was saying that he knew at a very, very early age that that's what he was going to do, gonna but that was like a you know, 10, 15 year educational journey. journey for him and his friends are like, you're really going to commit to that? And he said, by the time I'm done, it'll be, I'll be 35 years old and now I'll have this incredibly financially successful, rewarding career for the next 25, 30 years. You know, I'm, I'm done at 60, I'm done at 65 or whatever. That's that's enough. That's enough. Whereas his friend, who didn't really know what they wanted to do or they wanted the, the short journey to get there, he said they'd changed careers over and over again and changed jobs over and over again. You know, so if, what's the if, hurry? What's if, the rush?
1: I have great pleasure telling people I'm a hairdresser and I think we're in a time and place now that hairdressers can earn the same amount as a doctor. And a lawyer. It's very true. But you need the education and the foundation to be able to get to that level. And, you know, I mean, when I, I remember I was 20, I was earning more money than my brother who was 10 years in a banking situation.
2: <laughs> now, why don't you ask me when was the last vacation it, I took? I haven't taken too. a vacation in 14 years.
1: I haven't taken... Well, you
0: one. haven't driven to Long Beach in 20 I, years. There you so. go.
2: Because or I 20. realized I have a passion for this career and I was going to make it happen. Right. I've said no to many things, you know, vacations with the family. I I love my job. And if I want to get there, I have to work. Hmm. No one's going to give anything for free in
0: life. Hmm. So that's how I look at it. I love this dialogue. Hmm. I'm going to switch gears a a little bit. And uh, I have a feeling that you're, Annabelle, going to have comments on this. Mm -hmm. And that is empowering women. Whenever I have the opportunity to interview a woman, I'm always asking the question, you know, can you have it all? And the the best answers that I've received, I'm not going to tell you your your best answer. The best answers I've received are, uh, yes, you can have it all, but maybe not at the same time. Not Mm -hmm. all at the same time. Mm -hmm. So obviously there were sacrifices that you made there were compromises that you had to make and
1: my yeah i do believe you can get yourself uh, listen i don't have children so uh, i mean i don't i've not gone through that path but you know i have sisters
0: how many dogs do you have how many horses do you have how many uh, i have a lot (laughs) yeah i i have amazing (laughs)
1: sisters that are hairdressers Mm -hmm. both have worked their whole life they have children they 're married, they run their own businesses they 're very successful, so you know just by seeing what they 've done with their lives it, it most definitely it can be done hmm. and i 'm very obviously very much about empowering women as well
0: so what's with all the incredible things happening over the last several years, swinging the pendulum in that direction towards empowerment of women
1: mm-hmm.
0: what do you have to say about all that?
1: I, just, I think it's about having the, it's just having the drive and, the, and, the, and pushing forward and the belief that you can do something. And I, I think with me, it's often, I don't stand there and go, I believe I can do this. I, I don't even think I have that thought in my head. I just get out of bed and do it. Hmm. And that's, for me, it's just because, you know, sometimes I think, well, what's the worst thing that can happen? you know, I'm really healthy, I get the opportunity to do the things that I do, and I try to build off of something rather than take it down.
0: Mm -hmm. What do you mean by that?
1: Well, I just feel like, you know, if something hasn't quite worked for me, and rather than sitting there and going, oh oh God, it hasn't worked, I go, okay, what am I going to do to change this? Mm -hmm. So I build off of what's You know, it's about mindset I work really hard on changing my mindset on instead of looking at what's not happening, what is happening Hmm. and I make a real conscious effort to do that every single day.
0: And is that, I mean you mentioned that you are an avid reader, what what other practices do you have?
1: I'm big on animals and so I, I do a lot of rescuing, I just feel it's my way of giving back you know because I do, that's where my love is and my joy of uh, you know, rescuing animals and f- finding a way of getting them into a better situation. And if I physically can't do it, I research people that are doing it and try and help them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's what I do consciously, really, every day.
0: Tell me about your health and, and wellness routine because you're very healthy, you're very fit.
1: Well, I'm vegan, so I've been vegan for a long time many years. Um, I try and do something every day, I work out. I run. I have dogs, so I have to run them. I, I, I took on a, a huge dog, and <laughs> huge. He's huge, and the, the how, only big how how big is huge? He's an Irish Wolfhound. They're the largest of the dog breed.
0: Okay, so when he's on his hind legs, he's, he's tall how and, tall?
1: He's taller than I am. Okay. So I'm what, what five, does he weigh? Six. He doesn't weigh that much actually. He's probably he's skinny. He's, he's almost like a greyhound underneath. Okay. Of a, but I just said to myself... Wait, if you what's his name? Mr. Mr. Jones. Mr. Jones. Mr. Jones. Says. Mr. Jones. I said if I was going to take Mr. Jones on, because I didn't need another dog, that I had to get up every morning and running. And that's mm. what I do.
0: Mm. Every
1: morning, we get up and we run.
0: Wait, so. do you still have Freddy?
1: Freddy's with my other friend. My okay. friend in my home.
0: Oh, good. Because Freddy was... Tiny a little, little baby. tiny... Like three,
1: four pounds. Yorkie. And, yeah.
0: And then you had Mr. Jones.
1: Yeah. And he used to did they get along? Did they he used to sit on Mister Jones' boss? head and suck his ear? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: anyway. who's who's top dog?
1: Um, because that's to me that's the I'm funniest top thing. Dog. To, well, of I'm course top you are. Dog. No, but it's the funniest
0: thing to see a little tiny oh, dog.
1: Do, i take on some, not take on. Were there? Somebody told me that the smaller the dog, the larger the brain.
0: Huh? Really? It's interesting.
1: That's interesting, isn't it?
2: Well, you know, I'll tell you, as far as that uh, topic, I was raised by just strong, powerful women. So in somehow, some way, that's my world.
1: It's made you a strong, powerful I, woman, is not it?
2: I am woman, hear me roar. No, I mean, listen, all of the women in my life are these strong, individual you know, women who really don't take no for an answer. I realize that. My clients are the same way. But again, I will tell you that I have built the clientele that I love. Because for me, when they sit in my chair, it's not, oh, I'm going to do hair. I actually remember, and I'll tell you what I I did years ago. When I have a new client, I write down a little something about their story in the back of the record card. So the next time they come back to me, how's Bob? How are the kids? And that just becomes a way of being and it opens them up more. And so we start to build a relationship. And then years later, they're not just my clients, but there are these people that actually look forward to seeing every two, Mm. three, four, five and six weeks. Mm. And I do make them feel really special. And I, but I don't do it just because, Oh, I got to do it. I actually love making them feel special. Mm. I love making them feel beautiful. And I just, I love what we've created.
0: Has there ever been a time when you didn't love it?
2: You mean clients What I'd say don't for come back to me? clients or doing hair and well, gender? Yeah, or... I mean, I no, I, there's never been a time that I don't like the career. There have been times which I utilize my consultation for that reason to see if this person and I are going to get along. Hmm. And, you know, I I will say I don't think I'm the right person for you. Hmm. And uh, they might freak out, but I believe that in the long run, it's the best thing for both she and myself.
0: Is that Part of the way that you continue to stay in love with. Um, I believe the so. I believe so because
2: I'll tell you a funny story. I have a, a ex-boyfriend who is no longer here in Los Angeles, but he used to have a client that used to drive him crazy. She used to talk down to him and she used to be a terrible person. So I'm watching this whole situation and I pulled him aside and said, what does she pay you for that? So he said, Oh, she, he gave me a number and I said, I'll pay you that every month if you fire her. And he did. Really? And he became a happy person. Wow. And he said, he goes, wow, I didn't realize that. And I said, how much is your happiness worth? Wow. Because I promise you that that money is not going to make you any happier. Right. And it's not really going to change your life. So, I just feel like, you know, you're in this industry and if you really love it as much as I do, decide on who's going to be in your circle. Right. That's what I do. I don't, I don't
1: think
0: people really consider that, that that they have the power to fire some of them a don't think do. they can yeah we do that in our personal lives yeah we you know, do we have to stay away from but I
1: think you know we're taught we're, we're educated that we're in the service industry yes. and, and that you should do it it's funny I was watching someone on Instagram to watch this little thing. it reminded me is these two women in a restaurant and they were giving the waiter such a hard time and they were going on about the dessert and the cake and everything. And somebody's filming them from the other side of the restaurant because there's obviously something going on. And the waiter's standing there with the cake. And she's, like, m- going on, saying stuff and how long she'd been waiting and what cake have they got and everything. And he's trying to show the cake. He's leaning over. And she said something to him and he must have just lost it because this cake was hurled the into- <laughs> oh, oh, my gosh. gosh. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. <laughs> but you, I guess
0: you don't
1: feel that way, right? And <laughs> thing, I know what i I... Quite understand how you feel there. It's good job I have an had cake in my hands. Oh my gosh.
0: You know, the best advice that I received was that you have to love what you do, love who you do it with, and love who you do it for. That's it. And if you're missing one of those, then you got to figure out how to come back to that original passion, that original love. Yeah. Because it wasn't pain and suffering that brought you to the beauty industry. It was love for the craft. It was, it was love. love for people. It was love for making, as you say, women feel beautiful.
2: And if you wake up one morning and you realize you don't love your job, then it's time to go.
0: Or I figure mean, out a way how to fall back in yeah, love. Because I, to, you, for the education,
2: like, you say.
1: I def, sign up for a class. I definitely believe it's going into a class. And rubbing shoulders with people that are, are similar. And, yes. you know, that your conversation changes. And I'm a big believer in that. We need to get out and do some classes. And I would love to. Take I a, mean, I would love to teach. Take it you know, up a notch. Well, I'm
0: going to be totally part of the, the <laughs> process <laughs> of making that happen. And you know I will. You know I can. Yeah. Look at how hard I had to work to get the two of you. How many? Go back and check your text oh God, it's been such message a long time. history from and But me it didn't happen because we didn't want to. want to. I mean, I she know, was traveling. I, I was
2: traveling. We were always on the go. Yeah. But we're happy that we're here. Well, again, here.
0: I'm, not, I'm not interviewing two people who have nothing going on in their lives. I'm it's interviewing so two very, very successful people to bring the three of us together. And It literally of- took a couple of years. Literally. It yeah. It, it took a couple of years to make this happen.
1: I know. But and, we're here. And it was yeah. worth it. And it was worth it.
0: So before I start to wrap things up, so not that it's a lot of the people listening to this because it's not, but... To those who are envious of the career that you have, they all want the career that the two of you have. What's the best advice that you have for them?
1: Don't be envious. Mm-hmm. It's, there's nothing to be envious of. You just you create the world that you're in. And it's just through hard work. Hard work and, you know, win. if there's anybody that wants to, you know, get and ask questions anymore and you want to, and they contact you and you want them to, you have questions, you can send them my way or wait for the class and we can figure it out. I will say
0: that about you because again, I've known you for over 20 years and you've always been so wonderful about that. Yeah. You, cause some people say, Oh, you know, give me a call. Let's have lunch. I'll help you. And then that's the end of it. Yeah. You follow through. Yeah. That's huge.
2: And I think another, you know, great thing to know is that someone that I worked with many years ago would say there's enough success to go around. Yeah. And I think when you start holding on to that and you don't want to show people what you know, that's not cool. You know, I, I feel like what I know, I'd love to show anyone. Mm-hmm. And I've always said, all you have to do is ask. Mm-hmm. If there are assistants there, you know, they, sometimes they're a little intimidated to get near because I'm working. And I'm, I always say, come on step, on, step in here and watch me work. And if you have a question, wait till I'm done with the client, but I will give you the answer. That's great. But I just want
0: you to ask. And, you know, there's enough for it to go around also great advice because mm-hmm. I've been with uh, again in my world of being a speaker it's like well I own that joke I own this material I'm yeah. like oh okay.
1: <laughs> really you own
0: that thought right oh there okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. steal from everybody
1: Yeah. we call it research yeah of course okay research. so
0: final messages to our listeners and I will start with you I mean listen
2: the one thing that I will say is that I always tell my friends this. You know, I started producing, like I said to you a few years ago. And I meet people and I ask them for funds and I ask for financing. And people ask me, why is it that you don't get upset when someone says no? And my answer is always the same. I said, because that no just means that I'm one step closer to the yes. Mm -hmm. So if someone says, no, I'm not hiring you or no, I'm not interested in teaching you, don't give up. I promise you the yes will come. Mm -hmm. And that's my thing. I've always said... Just keep believing that it will happen. I love hanging out with
0: you. you're just so it's just he's just like even kill. Yeah, right? he's just like this <laughs> all the time, right? Laney, final message
1: I you know, I think basically it's my message has been through the whole interview. It's you know, surround yourself with people that are doing what you want to do and if they're not around, go looking. go looking for them. Don't be shy. That you don't get in touch with somebody and say, you know, can I come and watch you work? Can I hang out? Can I see what you're doing? Because you'd be surprised. They could be meeting somebody like me and I'll say, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know? You have to
2: be open because, you know, a lot of the, I will say, older hairdressers are so set in their way of doing something. And when I try to teach them the new technique or balayage, they don't want to try it because they've already gotten so used to what they do and they're not willing to... Be open to learn something new. This was great.
1: Yeah, thank you. Thank it's you guys nice so, nice so much. Thank
2: you.
0: You're the best. I love you both.
2: Oh, thank you so much. We love coming and visiting you.